I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to The Better Angle on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, let's bring in Bruce Murray, host of SiriusXM Blitz. Bruce is at Cardinals training camp right now. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us. How are things going down in Arizona? Uh, going well, and, and I just want to let you know that I really like you guys enough that I'm standing out in 114 degrees oh, man. to have this conversation. Well, we appreciate that. That's very kind of you. I can imagine you're a little bit uncomfortable, so we will try and make this a fun interview for you. Being at training camp right now, what are you hearing out of the Cardinals camp just in how their expectations for this season are going to go? So, you know, I heard what you guys were talking about before you brought me on. And, you know, while I agree with you in essence, look, new regime, they didn't draft Kyla Murray. They're going to have a lot of draft capital next year. I think a lot of what they do in the offseason is depend on how this season goes. But I had a chance yesterday to sit down with their head coach, Jonathan Gannon, spoke with their general manager, Monty Austinfort. And as you'd expect, when you say this is a rebuild, they don't want to hear that. I mean, their attitude is we're here to win football games, which is the attitude of every coach and every general manager. Now, we can sit back and evaluate and go, yeah, they're not good enough to win a lot of football games, especially with Colt McCoy, the likely week one starter. But that's their attitude right now. They don't want to talk about rebuilding. They want to talk about what they have to do to get better week to week, the strengths that they're emphasizing, what they want to be as a football team. And we may, you know, smile at it, but that, that's, that's their reality right now. Win as many football games as they can. Yeah, no doubt about that at all, Bruce. But I, and one thing that I wanted to talk about is the offensive side of the football for the Arizona Cardinals with Colt McCoy, as you mentioned. Uh, what are you expecting from him now with him being fully QB1 and understanding that this is his team going forward until Kyler Murray gets back? I mean, do they have enough on that side of the football to possibly pull off some upsets with their schedule? Look, it's going to be hard to pick them weekly early in the season with who they're starting a quarterback and what this offense looks like. And I had a chance to talk with Colt McCoy about that yesterday and also spoke with their offensive coordinator, Drew Petzik. And, you know, we asked him about the passing concepts, how different they're going to be with Colt McCoy versus Kyler Murray. And his response was, they're going to be similar. We can't run the plays for Colt McCoy that we would do with Kyler Murray that involves his legs. But I watched them practice yesterday. They're going to roll them out a lot. Um, they're going to let him throw the football down the field. He's been around for a long time. As a matter of fact, funny, I remind him, the last time he started a football game, week one, was 2011 against the Cincinnati Bengals. And he's like, I remember that. It's the only time I ever started week one. But, you know, he's a, he's a veteran that's been around. I think he understands his role, not out there to win football games. They want to be run first. They've obviously invested in the offensive line, drafting Paris Johnson in the first round. There's some moving parts there. And again, like I said, saying the right things, whether they'll be able to execute that when the season rolls around, I'm not going to sit here and say that they can. You just mentioned uh, Paris Johnson. Who are some of the rookies, nine of them incoming this year, a lot of undrafted uh, free agents on the roster this year. Who are some of the names that you're looking at to see how they uh, excel during training camp? Well, to be honest with you, I, I really would like to reserve the answer to that question until we watch them practice today because we didn't get a chance to see too many of the guys they got a good young wide receiver. 
you know, I, I think, you know, some of the depth right now, it's hard. Uh, we were asking them about the personnel yesterday, and it was just a walkthrough. So I'm, I'm not trying to kick the can down the road, but I think it's tough to answer that question right now. Because the one thing I hate at this time of year is talking about this guy looked great for a series, that guy looked great for a series, and then the season rolls around, you never hear their names again. So I'm going to wait on that one and have you guys dial me back when we get all the way through camp. All right, Bruce, let's open up the conversation a little more and look at the entire scope of the NFL. Who's that team out there for you that you think can open some eyes, especially with the moves that they made in the offseason, but also what they're bringing back from last season to really make another step or a big step forward than what people expect? Well, are we allowed to talk about the obvious? I mean, Detroit's an obvious one. The team that I, I really think is interesting this year, and look, they, they got all of our attention last year with their second half and then the game that they played in the postseason against Los Angeles Chargers. The Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, Ridley is now coming off the suspended list. Kirk last year, we, we all remember the conversations about the contract with Kirk. After the season, nobody was saying they overpaid him. And now, look, he fits in. Is he getting a little too much? Probably. But he's now wide receiver, too, with Calvin Ridley. They got the deal done with Evan Ingram. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is totally comfortable in this offense now. I think we're going to be talking about Jacksonville the way we do Buffalo, Cincinnati. I don't want to say Kansas City because that's setting the bar a little too high. But I think we're going to be talking about them in that mix for that AFC championship game. And we're going to be doing it pretty soon. I think this team is ready to hit the ground running when the season starts. Talking to Bruce Murphy. And Bruce, I love hearing Murray. Sorry. I love hearing you say that because I've been very high on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is someone that I'm looking at for MVP at 16 to one. Is that crazy of me? I don't look. I don't think it's crazy. But if, if you remember back a year ago, Kate, what, what we said, we said Justin Herbert's going to be the MVP. We got so excited about where they were after his second year. And we set the bar high and it never materialized. It's, Look, when you're playing in a league with Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's like when we used to pick golf tournaments with Tiger. You want Tiger or the field, and sometimes you'd lose when you took the field. I think he's going to be in the conversation. I, I, I think there is no reason to assume that team is not going to win a lot of football games, comfortably win the AFC South, and I think his numbers could be reflective of somebody that's in the conversation. Saying that he's going to win it, as you know, that's virtually impossible, and he's got to stay healthy and play 16 or 17 games. But, yeah, I don't think it's outrageous to say that he's going to have that kind of thing. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Bruce. So since we're talking AFC, man, you see the team there uh, 10-1 to to possibly win the AFC is the New York Jets. So let's talk a little New York Jets, man, and the expectations that you have for them with Aaron Rodgers taking over because Kate and I have talked about this Jets team, especially with how their schedule aligns. Aaron Rodgers could be under a lot of fire early on with his Jets schedule if they don't live up to the expectations, especially if they're not over 500 by the time we get to week six. I agree with you. So let me ask you before I give you my thoughts on that. Why wouldn't they be good? I, I, here, here's my opinion. There's a lot of, you know this as well as I do, there's a lot of Aaron Rodgers hate out there because of the way he handled his exit from Green Bay, because of the season he put together last year. Um, you know, I, I hate being that name dropper, but 
I was part of the Green Bay Packers training camp for the last 10 years, and I would sit with him. My, this is just my sense. It's pure speculation. I don't think he was emotionally invested last year. And I'm not saying that is a great compliment, obviously, but I, I don't see any diminishing in his physical skills. I don't think he's lost anything upstairs. He's a year removed from being a back-to-back MVP. I'm not really sure why we don't expect him to play at that level, especially with Garrett Wilson. I know the offensive line has to work things out. I get it. And Makai Beckton's a big part of that equation. But they've got weapons. Um, I, I don't see any reason why he's not the quarterback that he was a couple of years ago. And if he is, look, it's a very deep AFC with Buffalo and Cincinnati and Baltimore and Kansas City. I mean, it, it's more than six deep. But I think they're just part of that conversation. I think they're as good as any of those other teams. If, if you were to say to me, I think they're going to win the division, I'd be like, okay. And if you said Buffalo was going to division, I'd say, okay. I think you could pick, and I think you could throw Miami into that conversation. I think they're going to be an outstanding football team. So, Bruce, if you've been at uh, Packers training camp the last couple of years, you've probably watched a little bit of Jordan Love. How do you think he's going to adjust to being now QB1 in Green Bay? I'm going to also give you the same answer I did when you asked about the young guys here and reserve the right. Now, I like what I saw, and I like the way it handled himself, and I also really liked what the coaching staff had to say about him and what Brian Gutekunst said about him. And those are the guys that get to watch him practice and work Monday through Saturday every week. Obviously, he doesn't take the football field on Sunday more often than not. They really like him, and I think I believe genuinely – that they're more comfortable with the way things worked out. It's not the pressure of this is Aaron's team and how do we make him happy. Now it's their team. And I think they – look, I like his skill set. I think he got what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. But as you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't great his first year. And in the world we live in, we're all in the media, he's going to have three bad football games. We're going to be like, well, they need a quarterback. He's no good because we, we don't preach patience. I don't think the Packers are going to have that kind of perspective. It may not happen in year one. But I'm genuinely rooting for him to succeed, and I think he's got a chance. Bruce, let's talk about the NFC North. And, you know, the Packers are obviously a team that wants to surprise some people because they think that, you know, everyone is, everybody's counting them out. With no Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love is coming in, getting his first real test at QB1. Uh, what are you thinking in terms of how that division stacks up? Because there are a lot of people out there that want Detroit and believes in Detroit, but Minnesota is still there and has tried improving from what they were able to produce last year. So how do you see the NFC North stacking up? I see it, and maybe I'm just buying into the hype. Are you guys on the Lions bandwagon? No, I, I'm not. I can't. I can't believe in them, Bruce. Honestly, okay. and this is this is a Chicago Bears fan right here, so you know where <laughs> well, where my thought that. energy is going. Uh, too much history, obviously, to say yeah, I'm all in. But look, we know what they did in the second half. We know what Goff did in the second half. He was outstanding. And look, I think the Packers are still going to be good because we we kind of pay attention to love taking over for Rodgers. And ignore the fact that they can run the football and they're good defensively. I'm a little worried about Minnesota, and, and I'll, 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 I'll give you the reason why. When Kevin O'Connell took over last year, I was bullish on them because they lost, what was it, seven out of eight one-score games in Mike Zimmer's last year. And I said, they're not that far away. And you bring in a coach that's going to emphasize the quarterback position a little more and, and be a little more comfortable with them, I think they could reverse that. But now they're coming off the season where they won every single one of those one-score games oftentimes late. And remember, they lose Eric Hendricks. They lose Patrick Peterson. They trade Smith on the defensive line. And that defense was woeful with those guys. And, you know, let's not forget that Dalvin Cook's not there anymore. So I, I, 
I really think that we could see Minnesota regress to the mean, which is to say they're an above-average football team. I don't think they're anywhere close to a 13-win football team. I think to duplicate what they did last year is almost asking the impossible. Bruce, about a minute left. Uh, Cam just mentioned we're Bears fans over here in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> what does Justin Fields need to do to take his game to the next level? Uh, so just so you guys know, I, I lived in Chicago for 10 years, so I feel your pain. <laughs> I completely understand it. I think, look, there's a lot of people jumping on the Fields bandwagon. You, you guys are probably two of them. Yep. But let, let's face it. You know, people want Justin Fields to do what, what Jalen Hurts did last year. Oh, it's year three. Let's, let's compare the similarities. I don't think you can do that. Jalen Hurts was a far better quarterback in his second year than Justin Fields was. I, I, I'm still concerned about what Justin Fields is going to do in the passing game. I mean, it may not be fair, but I've got to see him process the game faster. I think it's great that they went out and got him a weapon in D.J. Moore from Carolina. But, but I do think that he, his game was so far behind last year that it's, he was a mile away. Is he a half mile away now? The expectation that it becomes Jalen Hurts and this team is challenging for the playoffs of the Super Bowl, I think that's asking a lot right now. And I know it's early, but I'm not ready to jump on that bandwagon. And I, I don't want to let you guys down because I know how Bears – Bruce, we may have just lost you, but we're going to let you go because we know I'm you're still here. You're I'm still, still here. here. <laughs> well, Bruce, we're still going to let you go because we know you're in 114 degree heat. So thank you so much for joining us and your time being on here. We really appreciate it.